Welcome to Charisma Connections. I'm John Matarazzo, and with me today is R.T. Kendall, the author of the book, The Lord's Prayer, Insight and Inspiration to Draw You Closer to Him. And that hymn that we're going to be talking about is Jesus Christ. And uh, R.T., before we start talking about the book itself, um, I want to introduce you to our audience here and so that people can get to know the man behind this incredible book. So, RT, welcome to Charisma Connection. Thank you. So, um, you have been a pastor and an author for many, many years, and uh, the Lord has brought you to different countries even uh, in your uh, ministry. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how God called you into ministry? I'm from Ashland, Kentucky. I'm 87 years old. I was converted when I was six. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit when I was 19. I've been the pastor of six churches, the last being Westminster Chapel in London. I was there exactly 25 years, and I've wow. written about 90 books. What more 90. 90, not 19, 90 it's uh, between 80 and 90. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you, I want to know first and foremost, how did you find time to write that many books? That's incredible. That's, that's uh, more than one per year of your life. That's a, most people don't write one in their, in their lifetime, but you've written more books than, than your lifetime. And I, I know you're not done yet. Yeah. Well, I got three more already in the press coming out. Um, I think you're right. I never thought about that. It won for every year of my life. That's yeah. I, what I need to do is see how many exactly I've written. I know it's between eighty-five and ninety. Oh well, it doesn't matter. But then uh, <laughs> that—that's amazing, though. How, how have you found time to do that? What has been the the inspiration to write all those books? Well, the quick answer is, if the anointing is there, I can write a lot fast. I mean. <laughs> I know what it is to write a book in 30 days. Wow. I know a lot of books take two months. Uh, and uh, I just do it. And I try to write uh, three or four or 5,000 words a day. Hmm. And most of my books are about 50,000 words. And uh, so you can see if I can get that many words done a day, and I'm in Nashville, it's where we live, uh, I can get a book written in a month or two. Wow. Wow. So what are some of the books that people might know that you've written? I know Total Forgiveness is one that comes to mind immediately whenever I think of your name. Well, uh, Total Forgiveness, God Meant It for Good, a book on tithing, uh, The Anointing, uh, Sensitivity of the Spirit, uh, and then uh, one published by one of your competitors uh, called Prophetic Integrity. Mm. where I deal with these pro prophetic people who said Donald Trump will win because God told them. And I think they ought to climb down and tell the truth. They, they mm. didn't hear from God. Uh, that's prophetic integrity. Uh, I, I mean, I can keep naming books. I don't know how many anybody. <laughs> that, that's OK. I, I just wanted to let people know that some of the books that they might have they might have uh, connected with your with your name. Um, okay. And so, you know, we're, we're here to talk about your book, The, the Lord's Prayer. Sure. And uh, 
I have this right here and uh, it's it's number one, it's a beautiful book. I, I love the design of it, but the words are more important than the cover of the book, obviously. Hope, and hopefully. yes, yes. And I know the Lord's Prayer is probably something that maybe all of us in some way, shape or form, we've at least heard it, but we probably memorized it when we were a kid. Yeah. I know I did. The Lord, uh, <clears throat> our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Did I get it right? Is my memory still serving me well? In England, we'd say forever and ever. And some versions would say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, mm. the devil. Uh, but I deal with that in the book. Yeah. So let's talk about that right now. Dealing with the with evil versus the evil one uh, and the different translations of that. Uh, just I, I want to hear what are the, some of the things that God has revealed to you that you've been able to communicate in this book? Well, I don't want to say God revealed it. That looks makes me look like I have secret uh, uh, access to God. No, I just... You just have experience with God. That's for no, sure. Well, I, I say what I think is obvious. Anyway, uh, this is not original with me, that it's the evil one. Uh, uh, the interesting thing is Jesus acknowledges by the Lord's Prayer that we are going to sin. Forgive us our trespasses. And it, if we only pray it one time when we first get converted, well, then the prayer is irrelevant. He gave it to us because we need to pray this. Uh, mm -hmm. My wife, Louise, and I pray this every day. Every day. Have We've been married, uh, uh, we'll be next, next month, 65 years. Wow. And most of that time, we pray the Lord's Prayer every day. So Jesus anticipates that we're going to need to pray it. Uh, mm -hmm. We not only need to pray, give us this day our daily bread, which I think means food, shelter, clothing, uh, even emotional well-being, sleeping well. It has to do with our physical needs. And then the spiritual, lead us not into temptation. Uh, the word temptation comes from a Greek word that means testing. Hmm. Uh, I might say something about that because it seems strange that Jesus would give us that prayer it implies that maybe he could lead us into temptation. And yet God says God tempts nobody. Hmm. What it means is that we should pray that we could avoid uh, trial. We're not supposed to ask God for trial. We're to say, lead us not into it. Uh, but if we have testing, then James, in James chapter 1, verse 2, says, count it pure joy when you fall into all kinds of trials. It's the same word. and uh, But some would say, well, since uh, we're going to have more joy if we have trial, let's go looking for a trial. <laughs> no, don't ever do that. It's come soon enough. But Jesus says to pray, lead us not into that. So it should be our desire that we'll go out through this day without testing, without trial. We don't want it. Uh, but then we're reminded that we have an enemy, mm. the devil. He is just looking for a way to get into our lives. 
And so we are to pray, deliver us from the evil one so that we will recognize and resist the devil. And when the devil is at work, to resist him. And uh, so that's the latter part of the Lord's Prayer. It's very interesting that the first thing Jesus mentions uh, is our physical needs. Hmm. Uh, the early church fathers thought it referred to our spiritual needs first. But the reformers, Luther and Calvin, said no, physical needs first because we have to eat to live. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing we pray for is our physical daily needs. And uh, the Lord's Prayer is such a practical prayer. Mm -hmm. And uh, we should thank God for it. And I don't know if you've realized this, John, it covers every conceivable need that we would mm. have. When That's you look right. at yeah, the does. implications of this prayer, you pray this prayer, you've covered everything. There's mm. nothing left out. So what made you want to write a book about the Lord's Prayer? Well, there's two answers. First, uh, when at Westminster Chapel, I did a, a two-year series on the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Well, the Sermon on the Mount uh, uh, became a book uh, published by a different publisher, and it's a big, thick volume. Some would say it's my magnum opus, hmm. Sermon on the Mount. But in the, Lord's in the Sermon on the Mount is the Lord's Prayer. So uh, we not only made it a complete book, Sermon on the Mount, but decided to take the, the part that's the Lord's Prayer into a separate book. And so that's the explanation. I can't say that I felt burdened to write a book on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I can only say it was already there, hmm. and we took it out and made it a book. Well, well, that's that's a great answer because, you know, we want to make these things accessible for people. And the Lord's Prayer is something that Jesus made it accessible for us. And so we want to be able to help people understand what they're praying because praying with understanding is a lot better than praying than, than just words that are, that are on a page that somebody else wrote. Yeah. And if you well, are able to connect with the deeper meaning of the prayer, then you, you see God move in your life more, more abundantly, I guess. Well, the thing is, the publisher that did the Lord's Prayer, also they made it a book first before you all got it. And then uh, it went into print and stayed in print for several years. And then to my surprise, I didn't know you all were even knew I'd written a book, The Lord's Prayer. Charisma. So we got our eyes on you. We got our eyes on you. We like, <laughs> we like what you're doing. So, But anyway, you all evidently wrote to the publisher and asked for the rights. And so now you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> so You've been studying the Lord's Prayer and praying it for many, many, many years. And as you said, you've been praying it with your wife almost daily for almost 65 years. And you know what? I just got married in December, so I, I'm five months into my marriage. And I, I love this idea of having a prayer that you guys pray together every day. And we do. My wife and I, we do pray together every day, but having that having that focused prayer where you know what this means um, and you know, you know that the, what the prayer is, how has this come alive to you in different ways in different seasons of your life? Let me say first, th this will make you smile or maybe it won't make you smile. <laughs> I learned the Lord's prayer in public school back in mm. Ashland, Kentucky. 
funnily enough, didn't learn it at church, didn't learn it at home. And I was brought up in a Christian home. Uh, my background is not what you would call liturgical. And I think uh, charismatics tend to avoid any kind of liturgy. And so most charismatic churches don't uh, pray the Lord's Prayer. I think it's sad, but it's a fact. They don't. Well, my background is Church of the Nazarene. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly charismatic, but they're open to the Holy Spirit. But we, we didn't pray the Lord's Prayer. It was at school in Ashland, Kentucky. First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. We'd start the day with the Lord's Prayer. That's where I learned it, hmm. which I think is an interesting point that you, you might want to do to hear. What was your other question? In, in different seasons of your life, I'm sure that there has been different parts of the prayer that have stood out to you in, in various ways or in, in different seasons of your life, a different line might have been something that you've held on to more. Uh, would you mind just telling us a little bit about some of those times? Well, you had asked me at different times, I'd give you different answers, but I'll tell you the one I'd give you right now. Okay, good. And uh, this is Red Hawk. There is a view that the prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, there is a view taken by some very, very, very popular charismatics. I won't say more. I don't want to do anything I shouldn't say. I don't want to say anything I shouldn't, but I'm going to tell you I'm very upset with them. They are open to a teaching called open theism. John, I don't know if if you know what that is. It's a dangerous teaching that got into the charismatic movement some years ago. The idea is that God does not know the future, Mm. but we need to tell God what to do and help him shape the future. Now, that's the background. Part of that teaching is this, that in heaven, there's no sickness. In heaven, there's no disease. And so... If Jesus said, pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, everything that's true in heaven should be true on earth. This is part of the open theism teaching. It's ridiculous. Hmm. It is. It's of the devil. Why I say that? If that view is to be prayed, that means we will never die. We will never die. There's no death in heaven. And that's how ridiculous the view is. But some people, without thinking that they just grab it and run with it and say, well, we shouldn't have sickness because Jesus said, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, we're going to have sickness and we're going to die. That is not the meaning of the Lord's Prayer. The meaning is this, that in heaven there's no rebellion. The sainted dead that are in heaven... They're perfectly doing the will of God. The angels perfectly do the will of God. And as the will of God is being carried out in heaven, so may we equally have no rebellion, but say Mm. yes, Lord, to whatever he does. That's the meaning of that uh, particular petition. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And since you asked me, uh, maybe uh, a year ago I would have given you a different answer because there's other parts of the Lord's Prayer that at various times has meant a lot to me. Right. But that's my answer for today. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> that is a good answer, and that is definitely something that you know we need to be be careful of and be aware of different thinking. You know, I, I know with with myself, I want to line up with God's will for my life. 
And I, that's whenever I'm praying that I'm saying, God, whatever you want, that's what I want to line up with. Well, that's the meaning. You've got it right. That's exactly what it means. Now, the other stuff looks good and it sounds good to the human ear, but that in some way, in some way that makes yourself God. If you can tell God what to do, then you're, you're in, you're trying to put yourself in his place and that's not a good thing. That uh, Satan tried that as Lucifer and he got thrown out of heaven. So I don't want to be doing that either. So I, I want to align with his will, not trying to make his will align with mine. I don't know if you're aware of this, but what we're talking about right now is a red hot issue. Hmm. And uh, just hope that you will play this a thousand times. I, I hope this gets out far and wide. And I want to encourage everybody that uh, if you're interested in what we're talking about here, that you can go to mycharismashop.com and get your very own copy of the Lord's Prayer, Insight and Inspiration to Draw You Close to Him. And I'm talking with R.T. Kendall, the author of this book. And uh, R.T., it's, it's, I'm enjoying this conversation greatly, talking about the Lord's okay. Prayer. Yes, sir. I one, or, one or two more things. The first thing is that Jesus said, when you pray, mm-hmm. this is the way to pray. Because we have here not only a prayer that's to be prayed, it's a pattern prayer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, for example, it lets you see that when we talk to God, we don't rush in and start asking for this, asking for that, asking for this, asking for that. The pattern is we start to worship our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You see, most of us, we're so anxious to get our prayer request through that we start right in. Lord, I want this. I want this. I want this. And we don't bother to say, Lord, I love you. I worship you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. That's the point. Jesus doesn't want us to rush in and ask for things, but start out acknowledging God. And then we come to the petitions. And uh, there are six petitions, three for physical needs and three for spiritual Hmm. You know, one of the one of the one of those spiritual or one of those physical needs that always stands out to me is the daily bread portion of it. Hmm. You know, give us this day our daily bread. And that makes me think of when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they literally had their daily bread come down from heaven and manna. And it I've gone through different seasons of my life where um, I've needed God to provide that daily bread. Uh, mm. And seeing how God has, uh, seeing how God provided, has always encouraged me. Um, would you mind just talking about how you have seen God as your daily bread? Well, the wonderful thing is that God supplies the need of the day. He's never too late. He's never too early. He's always just on time. And referring to the manna in the desert in Moses' day. Uh, they had enough just for that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, uh, then on uh, uh, Friday, I guess two days came. The point being, uh, God wants us to live day by day. Uh, take no thought for the morrow. Trust him every day to give you just what you need. And the first thing he mentions is physical needs because we have to eat to live. We've got to have strength. We've got to have sleep. Uh, And so Jesus sensibly, uh, if I may put it that way, Mm -hmm. puts these needs first. Uh, uh, The founder of the Salvation Army uh, used to say the way to lead a person to the Lord 
is to feed them first. It's hard to teach somebody the gospel when they're on an empty stomach. And so Mm -hmm. this is why the founder of Salvation Army fed the poor and then gave the gospel to them. Yeah. That is that is a very important thing. I definitely am able to get people's more people's attention better whenever their bellies are full. And I know um, this is a this is a statement that I've I've lived by or I've been able to make decisions by. Uh, you know, it's don't make any big decisions or rash decisions uh, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Or you halt, stop before you do that. And, and I, so that's hey, wait a minute, that's good. What did you just say? Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Halt. Stop. Uh, And so if any of those things, if you find yourself hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, don't make any big decisions right then. Uh, Angry, hungry, lonely, tired. Yes. Uh, Hungry, angry, lonely, tired spells halt. H-A-L-T. So, In other words, your mind isn't clear. Exactly. Yeah. Angry. Hungry, lonely, tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even I don't even remember where I got that from. So that's well, that's not for me. Find out how to make that into a, an acrostic. Four letters: <laughs> hungry, angry, H A L T. Halt, halt, halt. Yes, H A L. Oh, that we yes, got, yeah. I guess it's all, somebody's already thought of that. Halt, yeah, <laughs> halt. That means don't make a decision. Mm-hmm. It's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You see. This is not my contribution. This is yours. <laughs> hey, we're, we're doing this together. We're benefiting the people yeah. that are watching yeah, this. Well, John, we must go on the road. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. You know, um, <clears throat> as we're talking about the Lord's Prayer, I know one of the, one of the points that, uh, that I want to bring out is how unanswered prayer can be actually a sign of God's favor. And that's something that you touch in this book. Um, can you talk about that whole concept of unanswered prayers actually being God's favor? Oh, yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> I've got a, a sermon called, Are You Ready for Answered Prayer? And in this sermon, I ask, have you come to the place that you thank God for unanswered prayer? Well, I'll tell you a story. This will take a couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, have we got the time? Yes, we do. Yes, we okay. do. Okay. Uh, when I was at Westminster Chapel... Uh, one Christmas, many years ago, I got a Christmas card from an old girlfriend. Uh, goes back to Ashley, Kentucky. Uh, this girl in those days was the most beautiful girl there was in Ashland. But she didn't notice me at all. She would look at me as a brother, you know, nothing to enhance a male ego like you're like a brother to me. Mm-hmm. She didn't notice me at all. But, oh, my, I thought if I could have her. Oh, Lord, why can't I have her? Well, I get this birthday card from her. And I wrote back and says, well, nice to hear from you. Uh, uh, Then she writes back and says, if you're ever in our part of America, uh, come and see us. I want you to meet my husband. I want to meet your wife. So I said to Louise, I said, you know, it happens. It just happens that we're going to be in her town Next August, hmm. because we're going to go through there. Be- well, never. I said, would you like to stop there? Well, I think Louise is a little bit nervous. <laughs> I to meet my old beautiful. Well, she wasn't a girlfriend, but somebody I was, I fancied. You know, you're an old crush. Yeah. All right. We arranged to meet at this holiday inn 
And I won't name the town because I wouldn't want this word to get back. So we go. You might think I'm making this up. I promise you, John, this is verbatim. This is literal. On the way to the Holiday Inn for breakfast, we're to meet this old friend. I turned on the radio, and there was this old country western song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. Mm-hmm. Having no idea that that would be prophetic, it was a, written by a, a man who was jilted by his childhood sweetheart. He prayed that he would get her, but then when he saw her after she was a little older, he said, thank God for unanswered prayer. Well, I stop. We go into the Holiday Inn, meet in this restaurant, and I couldn't find her. I said, "Where? I wonder where she, and she came up right next to me. She said, hi, RT. I looked down, I thought, Oh, I looked at her, then I looked at Louise, and I said in my heart, thank God for unanswered prayer. (laughs) That is a true story. I haven't changed a line in it. Oh, that's great. Oh, man. Well, yeah, there are times you just thank God for unanswered prayer. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's funny. That that is a very true thing, though. I mean, sometimes we don't know what is actually the best thing for us, and we don't know what it is that God really has for us. And that's why we need to align our will with His will and not try to force His will to match ours. Um, This is the thing we must never forget. And sometimes it's hard to remember this, but it is so true. God only wants what is best for us. Mm-hmm. It, and uh, sometimes we think, oh, if I do his will, I'm, I'm not going to get to do this or that. He knows what is best. Psalm 84, verse 11. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Hmm. And so when you say your will be done, He's already decided what's best. And, you know, by the way, this open theism I talked about 10 minutes ago. Right. They have the view that the purpose of prayer is to change God's will. No, Hmm. no. The purpose of prayer is to find out what God's will is and do it. That's why we pray. We're to get close to God to know what he wants for us. He knows what is best for us. And, uh, so when you ask me, is there any a particular petition in that prayer I want to mention? Well, yes, this is red hot because yeah. in the, another book, I won't mention it again because it's not you. It's not you. It's another. <laughs> That's and, all right. It, it's still good content. We, we well, love I, you, but we're going to drive I, everybody to mycharismashop.com <laughs> to pick up the Lord's Prayer. But now, now you can talk about that again. <laughs> well, in the other book, it's prophetic integrity. I deal with open theism, and it's dangerous. And the reason they could say that Trump will win is because that's what they want, and they just claim it. And if they claim it, they say, now God will do it. And, and of course, they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, it's false theology in the first place. And uh, yeah, I hope that, you don't get fired uh, for... No, I won't. I won't get fired for this. No, you're you're right on. You're right on target here. Um, okay. I do want to ask. You know, here's something that um, I've always wondered, and um, whenever we pray, we know that God hears our heart, 
Um, and so he knows what, he knows our thoughts before we even think them. Yeah. So why do we need to pray? Good question. Answer, because he asks us to. That's good what enough for me, but tell me more. <laughs> yeah, but what a privilege to get to pour out your heart. He knows your need, but he cares. You see, this is a wonderful thing. Prayer is not just to get things from God. Prayer is to get to know God. Mm-hmm. And when you get close to him, you want to please him and honor him. And uh, when I think that God knows what I need, but still wants me to tell him, he's affirming me. He likes my company. He likes my company. That's the real answer to why we should pray. Not just because he, we want something out of him. It's fellowship with him. And I'll tell you this. I ask a question. I ask this all the time. How much do you pray? I would ask anybody watching, anybody listening, how much do you pray? Listen to this, John. Martin Luther prayed two hours a day. Hmm. John Wesley prayed two hours a day. The average church leader in America prays four minutes a day. Hmm. That shows you why the church is powerless. And you see, we don't have time for God anymore. And I would ask anybody, how much do you pray? God likes your company. Hmm. And for those who spend time with him, I can tell you you'll get more done. You'll feel his presence. Your mind will be clear. And uh, when people ask, how could I write all these books? Listen, God has just been kind to me. Hmm. But I have a, a prayer list, a prayer life. I, I, I think every minister pray, should pray at least an hour a day. The average minister today, four minutes a day by a poem by Christianity today. Ministers today don't have time for God. Uh, they only turn to God when they need a sermon. They only turn to the Bible when they need a sermon. Uh, this is not good. Uh, but the great men, Martin Luther, John Wesley, these were men of prayer. And I can tell you, I'm sorry, but this is a very, very rare thing, John. Yes. I mean, I've been hearing statistics like that for many years, and I know it's a it's a challenge to pray. But I know from my own personal experience, you know, I I often will take my my lunchtime and I will go on a walk and pray. And you would think that if I could just work through lunch and and get everything done, uh, that, you know, I, that would be more productive. I find it amazing that every time that I actually take a, take a break, go spend some time with the Lord, walk and pray, clear my head, let him, let him speak to me, uh, be able to speak to God, but just to take that time away from everything. Whenever I come back, I am way more productive and everything just kind of flows a lot better. Listen to this quote from Martin Luther from his journal. I have a very busy day today, must not spend two hours, but three mm-hmm. in prayer. He knew he needed more of God's presence. Yeah. He'll get more done. And so in the same way, the more you give to the Lord, the more you get. Same with prayer. The more time you have for him, the more time he has for you and you get things done. Children spell love, T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. 
Well, what if God spells love, T-I-M-E? Wow. How much do we love him? How much time have we got for him? That is a really good question to leave, to wrap up our interview with. And I just want to encourage everybody to get your own copy of the Lord's Prayer, Insight and Inspiration to Draw Closer to Him by R.T. Kendall. And you can get that at mycharismashop.com. And it's you'll, it'll be able to be uh, ordered right there. And uh, the insights that RT has been sharing in just this interview have been incredible. They've been really um, ministering to my life in just this conversation. And so I want to encourage you to get your own copy of this. And RT, as we are uh, wrapping up our time here today, we've gone a little bit over than what I originally told you, but our conversation has just been so good that uh, I haven't wanted to stop. Uh, but would you, would you uh, just in a closing word, uh, just thank the audience for watching, but also pray for them. Okay. You know what? Believe this or not, I don't care whether more books are bought. I'm interested in this theology business, people believing open theism. I hope they'll remember that. I don't, I'm, I mean, of course, I'll be glad if they buy the book. But the main thing is the teaching mm -hmm. that is, I want them to hear and believe it. Amen. Okay, well, listen, thank you for inviting me. And uh, tell Steve and Joy Strang, hello. I will. And uh, they're close friends. Well, yeah. okay, I'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege that I've had from John today and Charisma House to share. I'm honored. They've honored me. And all that we've said, I trust, will be applied by your Holy Spirit. I would love to think that I find out one day that this interview that we had today has made a difference in someone's life. So I ask, apply what we've said. All those listening, I pray for each of them, the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus by your spirit, the anointing, protection, supply their every need, and guide us all by your Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 R.T. Kendall, the author of the book, The Lord's Prayer, Insight and Inspiration to Draw You Closer to Him. Get your copy today at mycharismashop.com. And we just want to thank you so much for being here on Charisma Connection. Life is filled with physical and spiritual challenges, but you don't have to be overwhelmed. Your life is changed by the people you meet and the books you read. Let Charisma's roster of spirit-filled books change your life. At MyCharismaShop.com, you will find works of leading authors and kingdom leaders to enrich your walk with the Lord. From Bibles to bestsellers and prophetic to health and marriage, Charisma has your next spirit-filled book that will change your life. To take your next step with the Holy Spirit, go to MyCharismaShop.com.